Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast. Brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK and BikeRadar.com. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast with me, Catherine Moore. Join me for the next six weeks for our series on how to make 2022 your best year on the bike yet. We've got a great array of topics from trying something new to joining a cycling club or even planning your own cycling adventure. And we'll be joined by both some familiar voices from Bike Radar, as well as some amazing guests from across the cycling world. Some of you may know Alice Thompson, who's a bit of a local legend here in Bristol. Only a year after she started cycling, she set the Women's World Everesting record on local Nash Hill and has gone on since to try everything from Audax completing the mega 1,200km Paris-Brest-Paris route, as well as competing in hill climbs, road crits and cyclocross. Alice is also a fierce advocate for gender equality in cycling and is one of the team behind the epic Kite Mark, which pushes for equal prize money in cycling events, as well as the women's officer at local club Bristol South. I'm also joined here in the podcast studio by Bike Radar's own digital writer, Jack Evans, a devoted club cyclist from the Midlands with Gorilla Coffee Cycling. Welcome both. Thanks, Catherine. Hi. Well, it's very nice to um, see you both in person today and to have the pleasure of chatting cycling clubs, which I think is a really, really good topic. So, Alice, why don't you start us off with Bristol South, the local red and gold. How long have you been involved? What? Tell us a little bit about the club. Yeah, sure. Um, so I joined the club in 2018. Uh, I've been cycling for about six months and it was a really horrible Sunday in January and I thought, great, I'll go on a club run. <laughs> um, and to be honest, I've not really looked back. Bristol South is a pretty huge club now in Bristol. We've got 
over 300 members in the summer we run like four different events of a week um and we run races and time trials and do all of those sort of classic cycling club things brilliant and how about yourself jack tell us a little bit about gorilla coffee cycling so gorilla is a cafe workshop cycle club in south birmingham in king's heath um last november we celebrated our five-year anniversary um but i've only been a member since mid 2020 Okay, great. So really quite different kind of clubs, Bristol South being a very traditional, very long standing. Yeah, so the club was founded in 1893 in Bedminster. Um, So it goes a long way back. Uh, And we have like, you know, club records and everything from that time. So I think that's actually one of the cool things about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Whereas Gorilla is very much like a modern club orientated around the businesses that founded it. Obviously, quite a different vibe. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's got the the racing history of Bristol South, although there are some very good racers in in men's and women's. Um, it, it's a very it's a very so- social club, hence why it's um, sort of built around a, a cafe as well. Um, but cycling was always at the theme of the um, of the cafe, so they go they go in tandem really well, and it's it's great having a headquarters that's a coffee shop. Oh, absolutely, and, and somewhere for a for a beer in the evening after a Thursday night ride as well, and good cake. Excellent cake, excellent breakfast, <laughs> potentially the best um, brunch in King's Heath as well. Oh, that is a bold claim. What's what's the best cake on offer? Do you have a favourite? If I'm if it's been a fifty mile hard ride, it's probably the triple chocolate brownie, Oof. which you've really got to earn one of those. But they are excellent. <laughs> <laughs> so, joining a club like these ones, a cycling club, what does it offer you? What have you gained from joining a club like this, Alice? So I think the biggest thing I've gained is meeting like-minded people to ride with and to train with. And I, like, I honestly don't think you can underestimate the power of that in building your cycling, learning about cycling, especially if, like me, you're not from a kind of cycling family. There is so much to know. And sort of launching yourself into a cycling club, you're surrounded by people that can help you with all of that. Yeah, absolutely. I think I had a similar experience in that I moved to Bristol having spent some time with a sort of non-conventional cycling club if you like and um, again orientated around a shop rather than a traditional cycling club and was quite promiscuous got to try out Bristol South Bristol Road Club dare I dare I mention them here (laughs) yeah absolutely (laughs) the competition we're all friends here (laughs) Um, and it was just such an amazing way to make friends especially if you're moving to a different place and and learn yeah, basics. I, I think that's a huge thing. Like I am from Bristol originally, but sort of left for uni and work and then came back. And to be honest, I didn't really know anyone. I always think that's an amazing power of sports clubs, but cycling in particular, where you kind of rely on the draft of other people to sort of pull you along and you can ride with people much stronger because of that meant that you just suddenly meet so many new people who all have this nice thing in common. And then you have an immediate thing to meet up and do together. Yeah, that's really cool. And when you joined Bristol South, was there already good like women's participation or is that something that you've helped to develop over the years? I think there was some women's participation, but given I think there has been a massive change in the years that I've been there in cycling as a whole and in the club specifically. Mm -hmm. And I think women's participation is just sort of exponentially growing. And we go from, I don't know how many female members we are, I'm really going to struggle, to be honest, because I don't know how many female members we have, 
or how many we did have. And I don't want to offend anyone who was in the club five years ago. But what I can say is I think I have like 40, 45 people on this like massive Bristol South kind of mm. WhatsApp group of women to go riding with whenever I want to. And that's awesome because it's not just limited to women's only rides. That's, mm. you know, I see a lot of uh, red and gold out on a Tuesday morning or whatever it is yeah. at the bakery, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> And there's a lot to say about that sort of fellowship or sisterhood even. Out yeah, on for sure. And it's, it is really supportive. Um, it's funny you mentioned the kit, actually, because I think I was thinking about how being in the club has impacted me in preparation for this and just being able to show up to a race. And I maybe don't know what really I'm doing and I've showed up, <laughs> but I'm wearing the kit and I can see other people in the kit. And immediately you have that kind of kinship and you can just pop over and be like, can you help me? I've no idea what to do. Yeah. Where's the start? What do I need to do now? Kind of thing. And immediately get a little bit of advice. But the kit actually in our club survey every year is something that comes back and people are like, they either really love it and they're like, it's great that we've kept the same colours and everything. And it's this sort of historic part of the club. And then some people are like, the kit's awful. We need to like, really? <laughs> we need to modernise it. I think the kit is fabulous. For anyone who's listening that hasn't seen a Bristol South Club kit, it's this fabulous, dare I say it, ketchup and mustard, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> red and gold, banded stars, like really fabulously redesigned. But the original, I really love the original Bristol South. Are we or talking at least about the fade? The fade. <laughs> the fade is very much back in vogue, isn't it? So for anyone who hasn't seen the fade, it looks quite a lot like um, a sort of 2000s PowerPoint slide where you put red <laughs> and yellow and you do the like fade in thing. And it's, yeah, it's, it's quite special. There's still a few vintage fade kits sort yeah. of hanging around, but I'm a fan of the the new kit. Okay, interesting. And what's the Gorilla Coffee Cycling Club kit like? Is so there a club kit even? We do indeed. We have obviously a couple of gorillas yeah. On, yeah. on the on the jersey <laughs> along with uh, GCCC, um, Gorilla Coffee Cycling Club. Um, we have re- very recognisable spotty shoulders with polka dots. Oh, nice. Black, black polka I dots on the shoulders. I think I've seen that on your um, writer's bio on Bike Radar. That, yeah. that, I'm, okay. I'm wearing it on there, nice. so you can see the the strip of um, of red and white uh, across the chest, and um, yeah, it's um, it, it's it's a great looking jersey. Whether you go for the 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 sort of the the original jersey or the or the premium one, if you're feeling flush, um, it's very, it's it's, nice. it's, it's, a, it's a it's a really nice nice looking jersey. Yeah, and like Alice said, does it mean anything to you to be wearing that, knowing that you're part of something? Does it make you feel any different? Um, it's it was really nice to wear it um, for some rides sort of well outside of Birmingham and, mm. and be recognised as well. During uh, last year's Dragon Ride, I was I was wearing it on one of the brief occasions where I didn't have my waterproof top on. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, a, and a rider come past who I'd actually ridden with before on a on a Birmingham Sportif and he just, he, he got chatting. I think his name was Paul and he said, oh, hi, um, hi Gorilla, how are you doing? We just had a chat for a few mm. kilometres. So seeing it, I think people really recognise it from Birmingham. And then if you're at a race, I've been doing some cyclocross this winter and um yeah pe- people people spot you there and ask about how the cafe's doing they say oh is that the is that the cafe in king's heath and yeah um it's really nice it's really nice to represent the club even if you're if, if you're very mediocre racer like myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's relatable i think it can't be underestimated the power of you know that very visual message of belonging to something and i'm very much on the other side of the tape these days at cyclocross races and things and i do enjoy a heckle and you might not know someone but you can give them a bit of a shout of encouragement just based on their kit and it oh, really yeah. picks you up doesn't yeah, it yeah i love it i love a little shout from the sideline yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's really great. Up the South, I think, is a popular one, isn't it? That is a popular one, um, especially on a hill climb. Yeah. And and Bristol South does have a very popular hill climb scene. Yeah. Yeah, we have um, we do have, we have quite a lot of uh, keen hill climbers in the club, and um, we run the Burrington Keen Hill Climb, which is uh, one of Jack Leek's favourites, I believe. Yes, <laughs> you'll have seen Alice on a few of those videos, I'm sure, as well. So, going back to when you both joined up to the clubs, do you remember, Alice? You alluded to that horrible day in January. Very brave. Do you remember what the process was, and like how much information was available, and how? What led you to signing up? Yeah, so I think I was quite lucky because um, my partner raged with the club already. So all those questions that I had of like, what do I need to bring? What's it going to be like? Is it going to be too hard for me kind of thing? I had an easy way to answer them. I think formally you kind of, you just showed up at the meeting point and you sort of introduced yourself to someone in the club kit and you took it from there. But now the club runs intro rides every month um, so if you're you want to try club cycling but you're not that confident or you're feeling like the pace might be a bit too much, then um, that's designed to be like a super friendly, slightly slower, slightly shorter ride, always led by one of the club members. Um, he'll sort of look after you and, and give you a that a sounds nice, ideal. A nice yeah. first trip out. Yeah, <laughs> I think I just stick to that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's really cool. And does the gorilla do something similar? Yeah, very similar. You can sign up as a as a trial member, mm-hmm. um, attend a ride, and yeah, just see if you if you like the feel of the club, if you like riding in a group. Abs- absolute uh, absolute beginner um, group riders are very welcome as well. And we have paces going right up from uh, say twenty five um, kilometers an hour right up to the, the fast boys and girls will go out at. 35 kilometers an hour maybe on a on a Thursday night ride so there's (laughs) there's a real range of speeds and um I remember the trepidation before my first group ride but everyone was so welcoming it was it was a real it was really really I say soothing introduction it was very hard physically but in terms of being welcomed and and accepted it was it was absolutely immediate and people always really glad to see a new member absolutely and I think you've got to remember if you have your own reservations about joining a cycling club is that we've all been there we've all been on our first club run or what have you my story about joining a club was quite a strange one in that I was just beginning to cycle up in Northamptonshire which was beautiful and relatively flat thank goodness and I was just starting out with some clip-in shoes which as we all know is <laughs> quite a challenge and riding past a shop just as two people were outside and this particular shop's called Gorilla Firm Cycling. I got chatting to the guys there and they helped me position my cleats exactly mm. where they should be, very helpful and they said oh you should come on our Wednesday night pub ride. I was like, oh, that sounds nice. Little poodle, end in the pub, have some dinner and what have you, meet some friends. Sounds great. So I turned up the following Wednesday. The bike at the time was one that I was borrowing from my then boyfriend, and it was a 56 centimetre frame. Oh my God. <laughs> I stand at five foot four, 165 centimetres. I usually ride like a 51, 52. So you can imagine how stretched out I was on that with the seat slammed and everything. And it turns out the pub ride is more like a 20 mile an hour blast around these relatively flat country lanes, um, then finishing in the pub. And uh, yeah, that was a baptism of fire. But everyone was so welcoming and friendly. And since then, they've gone on to introduce like an intro ride alongside that. I just made friends for life. And even though I've moved away from the area, I still go back and ride with them and met up a few with them with a few of them that have moved down this way last weekend. And yeah, I think 
you just have to get over that hurdle of going on your first ride. Thankfully, most clubs these days do have an intro or some sort of way that you can get involved as a beginner. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Yeah, definitely. And I think, so we do like a club survey now to sort of ask our members how we're doing and see what we want to do in the next year. And we asked the club if anyone had reservations when they joined um and the number of people who said who were like sort of established club riders now who said I was worried that I wouldn't be able to keep up or that my group riding skills weren't there and then they all said but it was fine like everybody was nice and you I think if you can we uh, we try and be really clear about advertising what speed the ride is. And if you can do a similar speed, slightly slower on your own, you can definitely keep up in the group with that draft benefit. And you are so welcome just to sit in on your first <laughs> ride and like have a chat and meet everybody. That is like completely fine. And then one thing we've been working on recently is this kind of buddy system idea. So okay. if you're if you are worried or you know, you just think you might benefit from having like a known friendly face to meet you at the ride and join you and make sure you don't get dropped. You shouldn't, but to, you know, just provide a little extra security. Mm. You can fill in a form on our website, say which date you want to come to the club run and we will match you up with a club member who will meet you and take you around the ride. That's a fab idea. That's really cool. So Alice, how would you compare what the women's involvement with Bristol South was like when you first joined a few years ago compared to where it is now? So I think it was good when I joined, um, but now it's so much better. Um, When I joined, I definitely noticed that I was really in the minority, but I also knew that I had all these friends who rode their bikes a lot who would love it too. So when the first AGM came around, I put myself forward to create a new position and become the women's officer of the club because I had all these ideas that I was like, this would really help us become a more inclusive club and we're all going to benefit from that. And it's honestly incredible to see, and it's not it's not just what I've done, it's like there's been a big shift within cycling as a whole to see more women on bikes. Absolutely. And in the last year, we when I joined the club, I was kind of the only woman showing up to these hill climbs at the time. And in the last year, there was a whole team of us. And it had gotten to the point where like, I'm now the slowest of the Bristol South women <laughs> racing the hill climbs, which I am so happy about. It is incredible to be in a club and be like, these girls are all quicker than me. For context, Alice is a very quick hill climber. <laughs> <laughs> She's putting herself down here. I but... slowed down a little bit. I can go up relatively quickly, but how cool. And then we that sort of all culminated this year in we worked really hard and we had a women's team compete in the national hill climb um, and we won the team prize. Which, which is amazing. Yeah, we were uh, like absolutely delighted in an era of the kind of more shiny teams to be like yeah. a club team taking that home was um, really awesome. Would you say to somebody who's perhaps already part of a cycling club where they already have a good level of, say, women's participation, but would really like to drive that to to do something similar, to, to say, look, we can do so much more and just go ahead and work together with other people to make that happen? Yeah, definitely. And I think in this kind of era of social media, it's not that hard to look at the clubs who are doing an amazing job of this. 
and just steal their ideas. Um, <laughs> so like, you know, Cowley Road Condors, amazing. People like Kingston Wheelers, lots of these clubs who've set ambitious targets for women's membership within the club and then are looking at ways to work towards that and being very public about it. You can steal that. And I think one of the easiest things to do is have make sure you have female representation on your club committee so the decisions that are made reflect that part of your membership as well. And have you had any external help on things like that from the likes of British Cycling or any other bodies? No, not hugely. Um, We've had support from British Cycling in like organising a women's road race. But to be honest, a cycling club like Bristol South runs off the power of its members and volunteers Mm. in a huge way. And I also think like this is another, it might not be something, a reason why you join a cycling club. But one of the special things of being in a cycling club is that kind of opportunity to give back. And once you have benefited from being there then when you're like volunteering or you're introducing new people or you're helping to run an event that that's also like it gives you this sense of like community and like purpose which is yeah not to be underestimated either and when you say volunteering what sorts of things could that be um it could be having a role on the committee which is what i do it could be organizing coaching session having an idea like new routes for the club run or organizing a summer social event it can honestly be anything and like as a club we always encourage our members to sort of come to us if they've got the energy and enthusiasm to do something new which sounds like you have plenty of (laughs) (laughs) yeah although time is a limiting factor (laughs) so jack Do you have any top tips for somebody who's sort of sitting on the fence and is thinking about joining a cycling club this year? What would you recommend? Just go along and try it. If if it's if it's not for you, um, I mean, I know some keen cyclists who are very happy solitary riding, but I think there's something so addictive um, Mm -hmm. about riding in a group, whether it's fast or slow. It's it's a fantastic social experience. You'll um, explore new roads, new routes that you wouldn't have taken yourself. If you're riding really hard, you might not necessarily chat very much during a, during a bit of a um, faster pace ride. But afterwards, there's a great sense of camaraderie and kind of shared endeavour as well. Mm. You, you feel a real accomplishment when you, you've, done a, you've done a hard route at a certain pace or maybe just battled through some really tough conditions like we did on Sunday morning. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was one of those rides where we were sitting in the warm, cosy cafe before and thinking, car pelting down our bikes outside the rain oh, was... No. Just dragging ourselves out and sort of cajoling ourselves out just for a couple of hours was felt felt a real accomplishment. Nice. It was definitely worth doing. So I'd I'd really I'd really recommend just just going along and, and, and getting a flavour of that. If it's not mm. for you, it's not it's it's not a big deal. You can still cycle. Um, you can still cycle with friends. But being part of a club is just is fantastic. And there's there's plenty of volunteering opportunities. Whether you become really indispensable, such as a, a ride leader. Yeah. Or my club um, runs, some members of the club set up a road safety campaign called More Than a Cyclist, which oh, fantastic. Um, is a, is a, just a social media campaign at the minute. But I think it's something that's doing really brilliant work in and around Birmingham and trying to get a, a wider profile. So wh- whether it's that or, or racing or m- we don't organise our races at Gorilla, but you can definitely take part in them as well. But joining a club's the gateway to that. Without without joining a club, you'll never really ha- have have the opportunity, perhaps, to, to to find the races and get tips on whether it's cyclocross, hill climbs, time trials. Yeah, just give it a try. Fantastic. I don't know about you two, but I've also ended up having a lot of DMCs. 
for anyone who's not oh. familiar with this acronym, Deep and Meaningful Conversations, yeah. with people on club runs or group rides. So I have a theory about this. Oh, go um, on. I've also got a theory. Okay, well, we can t- we can take it in turns. But um, I also have had, like, some of the most unexpected, very open and very, like, therapeutic conversations mm. on a bike ride, on a B road, on a Sunday. <laughs> um, and I think a lot of that comes from this kind of, like, shoulder-to-shoulder conversation yes. and doing something... While you're having that conversation, it means it's like it's kind of less intense and you don't you're not like looking right at the person. Exactly. Um and I think you're already doing this like shared activity. So it just feels like this really kind of safe environment to have these these chats. Also, they go on for a long time because half the time you don't hear what the person said. So <laughs> <laughs> or like you hit a junction. So there's like quite a lot of like suspense and um yeah. But mainly the shoulder to shoulder thing. Yes. Less that you can't hear each other. I, I agree. I think it's because you're not necessarily maintaining direct eye contact. It's perhaps easier to share, you know your deepest, darkest secrets or, you know, the state of your mental health or things that are going on with your family and your personal life, what have you. I've shared all sorts of things with complete strangers and it's incredibly therapeutic. Yeah. I recently had a big chat about coils on a bike ride. Oh, fab. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, this wouldn't happen in other situations. And also, Alice and I, I am not afraid to share. Yeah, as, long as, as long as you're happy for me to share. We did a women's sportive back in the day. Uh, the day was, was 2017. So wow, it was, yes. Yeah, it was actually my it was my first 50-mile ride. Wow, yeah, it was great. And I think this is just another reason why having some women's-only rides is really important, is um, we ended up, of course, on the subject periods and discussing menstrual cups, and I've been using one ever since to great effect. <laughs> yeah, and I, I am delighted. So. And it was Alice that got me into that, and, you know, without having that sort of space safe space to talk about that sort of thing that would have never happened and I'm much happier for it so thank yeah. you <laughs> it's is, it is great and I've honestly never had so many sporty people in my life and I love it yeah oh god I don't know if either of you were the same as as I was growing up but I was not a sporty person I was the last or the first person to go out in the bleep test which was oh. which honestly like slightly <laughs> triggering <laughs> just thinking about it in school but there's something about like the social aspect of cycling like it doesn't feel sport of course it can be if you're racing mm. if you're really training hard but I'm much more on the enjoyment aspect yeah totally and I think also I would just kind of going back to what Jack was saying about sort of why to join and how to join I would just remember that, like, especially if you live somewhere with loads of clubs like Bristol or London, Mm. like, we have so many options. So if the kind of classic road clubs aren't what you're looking for and it is, you know, the wrong time of day or you have childcare responsibilities and it's a bit long or it's a bit quick, we are super lucky to have, like more inclusive clubs like the new Routing for Year and Absolutely. Um, props do a lot of rides and rides that go at different times um, to kind of work around that. Absolutely, that's a really good point. And there's nothing saying that you have to join just one. Oh, yeah, totally. Either, like pick and choose. Yeah. <laughs> you can go out on a Tuesday night with one lot and a Saturday with another. You can be as promiscuous as you like and I don't think anybody really cares. No, I, I don't think yourself. anyone minds. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's no such thing as two timing with cycling clubs. I think there's members of Gorilla who are also members of of Beacon, um, maybe mostly missiles as well. Um, oh, that is a fabulous name. That is a that is a good name. They have a fantastic kit as well. You oh. must check it out. Orange and white. Yeah, for example, um, and also also there's there's rides like uh, Sete, which is a more of a ride in um, either seven twelve a.m. or seven fifteen a.m., which sets off wow okay. on a Saturday morning. <laughs> 
And a lot of uh, a guy I was riding with on Sunday had had is a regular at one of those. So, yeah, you can really mix and match. Um, you can have a. You really don't just have to choose one. Yeah. It'll be more expensive, but the cost of joining a cycling club compared to the cost of so a bike or components mm. or kit is is not prohibitive at all. Alice touched on this at the beginning, but cycling clubs being fonts of knowledge. Yeah. Uh, there's such a diversity of riding at most clubs. There'll, there'll be someone who's an absolute cyclocross nut. There'll be maybe someone, luckily, uh, um, at my club who's done transcontinental or who's a like bikepacking wizard. And s- some people who just live for the time trials. Other people might ha- do a bit of mountain biking as well, so you can s- slide off road into that. Yeah, you don't. It, it won't just be people who want to go out on really fast road rides. There'll be such a diversity of of interests. And, Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah, it's 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 brilliant. It's brilliant for advice and just expanding your horizons as well. Whether you want to go to the ride in the Pyrenees or you want to ride in the Peak District, there'll there'll be someone who's done it and can give you tips. Yeah, absolutely. We had um, a chap, or have, I should say, uh, called Mad Jack, who I'm sure anyone who's listening who's vaguely interested in the ultra cycling scene will be familiar with. Mad Jack Peterson. And he's literally ridden everywhere and anywhere. A lot of the big ultra cycling things, um, events, volunteers, a lot of them doing the checkpoints as well. And he really got me into, you know, even though you can't even imagine being on these, some of these people's level, I've just found everyone to be so welcoming and, you know, they they just know the position that you're in and they're just trying to coach you along and, and help you enjoy it, really. So, well, thank you very much, Alice and Jack, for talking all things club cycling with us. I think people don't have any excuse now to, uh, to not give it a go. So I'm hoping that that will be really encouraging for lots of people listening who want to try club cycling this year. So next up, we're speaking to Sonia Turcott, who, in their own words, is a designer who researches and sometimes codes who cares a lot about accessibility and inclusive design. Sonia is a member of London-based multidiscipline riding and racing club Velocipossy, and I think they'll do a much better job of telling us all about that in just a minute. Thank you very much for joining us, Sonia. No problem. It's nice to be here. So would you tell us all about the club that you're a member of, Velocipossy, and what they've got to offer? Yeah, Velocipossy actually originally started as a track racing club um, a few years ago, I think 2015. That was before I got into cycling, so I didn't know about it then. Mm -hmm. But expanded quite a lot um, shortly before the pandemic and then really after things started opening up um, again in 2020. There was a huge kind of influx of new members and people who were new to cycling, including me. And it now, as you said, it's multidisciplinary. So we have people who do all kinds from cross to fixed crits, track, road, you name it. There's probably someone who who's trying it. But really the aim of Velocipossi is to get more people from marginalised genders, specifically women and non-binary people, into cycling um, and so it's based all across London, which I guess is slightly different than your maybe more traditional kind of localised club. Fantastic. And um, so you mentioned that you're, you started cycling quite recently. What was it that attracted you to joining Velocipossi rather than a more traditional club? Well, I cycled as a commute for a while, for a few years, and I wanted to get into it more as a sport. I think I got my first pair of like clip-ins the weekend before everything went in lockdown 2020 so it was good timing oh no <laughs> but really what attracted to me I guess it was it's hard to like define it specifically I didn't really know what I was looking for I found a lot of them quite intimidating their websites would mm-hmm. say things like you must have clip-in shoes and you must have be able to do this that and the other and I I at the time was new to that and so I just thought I would never be able to keep up with those people or that I would have no idea yeah. what I was doing if I joined not all of them. Uh, I went on a, like some test rides with Dirty Weekend and they were really nice. It's another 
Actually, I think they're not just London-based. So when I went to my first intro session with the Lost Posse, everyone was just super welcoming and friendly. I was surrounded by people who were not men, which in the cycling <laughs> world, I think is quite unusual. Like I'm now yeah, so accustomed sure. to it that when I go to kind of more mainstream cycling things, I'm just shocked. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, and it was, it was, I guess, catered to being inclusive to people who maybe were not, you know, didn't necessarily know the difference between what kind of clip and shoes and what discipline of cycling you might be into you just had a bike that you rode to work on and yeah that's really cool and you touched there on the slow skill session I've been a long-standing appreciator of Velocity Posse from a few cities away for a really long time not only for the amazing looking kit which I yeah it's very striking if you haven't come across the Velocity Posse kit before do google it because it's really cool but also because I think that that sort of skills coaching, from what I can see, is really integral to the club. Definitely. I think it also evens the playing field. It's not just about how fast you can go. And like a lot of conversations around cycling are based on power metrics or speed or even distance to an extent. And I'm not, I like totally fall into that as well. But with the skill stuff, it you know, you can have people from a range of different abilities show up for the same session, have a really good time, and everybody learns something. And also it just yeah. makes you a better rider. Like, I'm much more confident riding around the streets of London because I know, you know, I know my bike better and I also have more mm. confidence with what I can do on it. Not to mention That's super cool. in racing scenarios in which that kind of yeah. stuff is absolutely key. And that slow skills, was that something that was born out of fixed gear crits racing or something completely different? I don't think it was from fixed crit racing. I don't actually know. it. So that was the first, that was my introduction to Velocity. Um A friend of a friend had told me about it and I went to one of those slow skill sessions. Um, I think that, I don't think it was from fixed crit because the kind of, as I said, the club started more with a track focus and originally was a track racing team. Fixed crits are maybe more of a recent thing. So last okay. year... Our development officer, Thea, did a lot of fixed crit skills as part as well of her role at Hernhill Velodrome. And oh, cool. Veloci Posse is a, and, include, and myself are great fans of Hernhill Velodrome and we do a lot of stuff there. So that kind of brought the level of skill with fixed crits up in mm. the club. And then I think in London anyway, Veloci Posse tended to be about half of the women's, I say with air quotes, field. There's yeah, I've certainly seen some amazing um, representation from Velocity Posse at some of the big fixed gear events like Thunder Crit or back in the day before the big C <laughs> when we uh, used to travel up and have a lot of fun. So tell us about these slow skill sessions. It's not something that I've heard of before. They are coached by, we, there's a bunch of Velocity Posse coaches who run them, but anyone in the club can can kind of go to a session and they usually are held in either a closed road or some kind of private space. So there's like Mm -hmm. safety from traffic and that type of thing. And it focuses on bike handling skills. Um, It could be anything from, you know, work with cones. I don't know the the proper terminology for these, I'm going to be honest. Um, (laughs) To kind of balance on the bike, um, riding close with other people, kind of taking corners, a lot of, I mean, like what it says on the tin, slow stuff. So we do mm. things like slow races and a lot of things that just get your bike handling to be better. Yeah, awesome. I definitely found when I made the transition from road into gravel and mountain biking that just being able to do stuff slowly 
and it's really important like being able to pause before you tackle a feature or something and it's it's not always about going like faster or yeah it's not always about going faster through things but sometimes being able to pause and just take your time to look at something is really key so that's really cool and I think it's really easy also to jump into things like crits whether that's conventional or fixed gear or whatever um, without having actually spent any time thinking about the skills that go into that I'm certainly guilty of this in our local circuit odd down where I used to race a few years ago and yeah I had no idea how to corner so it would have been really handy if I'd come along for a session before that yeah and I think it's about it gives you more confidence on the bike but it also makes you a safer rider with other people and if you're you know if you've practiced slowly that you can actually fully stop without putting your feet down and you can unclip and with both feet at a moment's notice that you can bump into another rider and not come off you know that you can be really like brushing up against people and taking turns and things in a slow safe environment then when that those things happen on the road or in a race you're much less likely to panic or kind of i don't know feel uncertain which is often mm. when you know you might jerk your bike and that's usually when things go wrong so yeah um yeah like being able to practice it slowly enough times that you start to get that muscle memory that's super cool i'd like to see more clubs actually offering something like that that's wicked so do you remember when you joined up for velocity posse what was the process in terms of you, you mentioned before you had a friend of a friend who'd recommended it um, was there much information available to you in terms of like how to join, what to expect? I think the website at the time was a little bit out of date, but Velocity had like I think most cycling clubs had kind of paused activity because of lockdown. So it was the, mm. the first summer in 2020 when things were just opening up again. It was really simple. You kind of go meet the people. So it could be a slow skill session. Now we do a range of other things like intro rides in, in Regent's Park in London and things like that oh. that anyone can join, have a chat. And then that's it. Then you just join on British Cycling. It was really simple. I think now we have a, a lot more information on our website, partly due to kind of reframing and expanding what we were as a club, which was originally mm -hmm. just for women. And now it's actually... Um, a bit more expansive than that. So you've been with Velocity Posse for over a year now. What do you feel that you've gained by joining the club? It's so hard to answer that question because the answer is really so much. I gained a community and I think I had never really had that to such an extent before. Like Velocity Posse is such a strong community. It's incredible. And, you know, through that community, a lot of really close friends, like people to ride with, confidence, that riding didn't, cycling didn't have to look a certain way or be a certain way. Like, you know, I think one of our taglines is like riding on your own terms. And that was really it. It was, mm -hmm. you could ride the way you wanted to with other people who just accepted that whilst also pushing yourself and not in that kind of suffer fest, like, <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, we live to suffer. Like, that's fine if people are up for that. But a way of like pushing yourself into trying new things that maybe you wouldn't have thought possible. I never thought I wanted to race. And then I was just with a whole bunch of people who were racing. They're like, why don't you try it? Like, literally, I signed up for one the next week and that was it. And that, <laughs> I think, yeah, it's just such an open, such a world that I just didn't know was there. 
So you've you've spoken a lot about the people, I think, and the community and what that's led you to do, having that kind of amazing support network around you. Do you have any tips for anyone who's thinking about joining a club, whether it's one like Velociposse or something slightly different? Um, if they're a bit nervous or intimidated, perhaps, do you have any tips um, for them? I mean, just do it. I, I don't know. It's so hard because <laughs> that's probably what everybody says. I think if you don't know anyone in the cycling world, it can be really hard. And I, and that mm. that has to be acknowledged. I still feel quite new to the cycling world, but I, there's such a difference between now and me two years ago. I didn't know anything about the cycling world. I knew how to ride a bike and I rode it all the time to work, but like... Yeah, yeah, it's different, hey? Um, <laughs> yeah, do a bit of research and find the club that vibes with what you're looking for. Like, it doesn't have to be a certain way. And I think there's a lot of really great clubs that are out there doing cool things. And it doesn't... Yeah, I don't know if this is, like, off topic for the podcast, but there's a lot of new collectives and things showing up. Like, you don't have to commit to joining a British club, a British cycling membership, you know, and all, mm. or doing this kind of racing thing. Like, you can just find people to ride with or, yeah, or just talk about bikes with <laughs> yeah yeah because half of it is just like the random chat that you end up having on a club run or something that's a really really good point and I think one of the most amazing things to come out of 2020 2021 was just this explosion of these more inclusive different attitude clubs all over the UK and I kind of took it for granted, even though I think it's amazing. We've got like Rooting Fiat here in Bristol. Um, the New Forest Off-Road Club is a really fantastic example um, on the South Coast. I kind of took it for granted until I went on an event doing the Trino Nice Rally. And there were women there from all different countries in Europe. And we were chatting with a couple of French riders. And they said, you know, it's so cool what you have in the UK. There's nothing like that in France. And I was like, oh, wow. I just assume that because we have it here, it would be everywhere. But yeah, we're really lucky to have this sort of new wave of clubs that are perhaps looking at what's existing and thinking, hang on, it doesn't have to be like that. You know, that's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. How about we do something a bit different? So yeah, along, like you said, along with the British Cycling Clubs and things like we've mentioned earlier, Gorilla Coffee Cycling, something that's affiliated with the shop, um, there are a whole other raft of club to choose from. How would you suggest people find what might be the right club for them? Like, how did you find out about Velocity Posse? Um, I mean, someone told me about it. I think most of the cycling stuff I find is through Instagram. Most yeah. cycling collectives, even if they don't have a website, will have an Instagram page. I don't love to kind of promote anything Facebook related, but Instagram tends to be a good place to find stuff. I think, I don't know that I would have thought this at the time, but I think if you have like a local bike shop that you get your bike serviced at, ask them. A lot yeah. of them, you know, the people who work there are plugged into the cycling world. They'll know what's going on in the area. That might not be an option for everyone. Bike shops like every, you know, everywhere. Um, not all of them have the most friendly people, but like generally speaking, I don't know. Yeah. That could be a good way to to find something local to you. That's really awesome. Thank you so much. So one last question to finish with. What has What's on your radar for 2022 um, with Velociposse? What have you got coming up? Some more racing? It's funny because I the thing that I love the most about Velociposse is the community and the people. But actually, as a rider, I'm really a solo rider. 
<laughs> so I did a bit I did a bit of fixed crits and stuff last year, but really the thing that I loved the most was going on longish rides. And so this year I'm I've set my sights on my first ultra. I'm which doing one? Wild West, which is by the Perfidious Albion. Um it's oh, eight hundred awesome. kilometers starting in the chill turns and kind of circling around through North Devon and some Amazing. Like that. You're coming down to the southwest. <laughs> yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. And it's a lot of climbing. So Yeah. <laughs> I'll further my reputation for liking hills. But nice. yeah, I might try some some road crits, but mostly just to hang out with my pals who are focusing on that in the summer. Awesome. And I suppose that even though you're taking on this ultra by yourself and you'll be riding physically by yourself, you've got the support. And probably loads of messages and <laughs> yeah, I and think DMs knowing that people will be like dot watching me and rooting for you. Yeah. I signed up for it before, kind of looking. I just got really excited about finding one that was under a thousand kilometers. <laughs> and the start team place is like really inconvenient to get to if you don't have a car. So someone from Lost Fossey who does have a car has offered to drive, which is oh, you know, really nice. And they get amazing. it, like they they get what it's like to go to an event and there'll be real moral support the night before when I'm like shaking with nerves and all that stuff. <laughs> oh, that's wicked. Nice one. Okay, one last question, I promise. For anybody that's listening to this, that's thinking, oh my God, Velociposse sounds amazing. I need to get involved. And perhaps, perhaps it's based around London as well. How would you recommend getting in touch or getting involved for the first session? Um, so either send us an email, which is club at velocipossi.cc, or send us a DM on Instagram. You will join an intro session, so it could be a slow skills or some Regents Park collapse. Now that the weather's like starting to warm up, they're happening more frequently. We do intro nice. rides as well sometimes, which are like social rides. And yeah, just come and meet us. I think that's the main the main thing. Fantastic. Thank you so much. I'm I'm really stoked and I really want to come along next time I'm in London. So I'll have to make sure I bring a a bike and not a Brompton or something. <laughs> I think Thank Bromptons you are welcome. Anyway. You can, you know, you could do slow skills at a Brompton. That sounds like a good challenge, actually. Thanks, Sonia. We hope after listening to this, you might feel inspired to go out and join your local cycling club and do let us know how you get on. We'd love to hear on social. Until then, thanks for listening to the Bike Radar podcast and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling, check out bikeradar.com. Bike Radar.